everybody, and welcome to the Niche Podcast about the one thing that I know something about game shows. I suppose I am your host, Jordan Haas. We got a fun one today. We're talking the gong show with Joe Hartzler. Uh, also, some, some news here is that I'm now starting uh, to write a book. That's right, folks. We're getting into the world of podcasts to books. Uh, so I'm starting to write a book about game shows called Game Shows, I Suppose. That's the tentative name. Uh, no publishing date, no expected date. I just hit, like, three pages. That's it. That's that's the uh, that's the update here is, uh, if you like Game Shows, I Suppose, the, the podcast, get ready for Game Shows, I Suppose, the book. Full of not really that valid sources. So... Uh, stay tuned for more information about that. Uh, now it's time for some actual news. All right, first piece of news of the day. I'm getting this from Deadline. Matthew McFadden, Michael Sheen, and Sean Clifford to star in Who Wants to Be a Millionaire Scandal Drama for AMC and ITV titled Quiz. Succession. Oh, man, I love Succession. That's a great show. Matthew McFadden and The Good Fights Michael Sheen and Fleabag's Sean Clifford are to star in Quiz. It's a drama about the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire cheating scandal, and it'll air on AMC and ITV in the UK. The Breaking Bad broadcaster and the British Commercial Network have commissioned a TV adaptation of Brexit, an uncivil war writer, James Graham's play from the Crown producer Left Bank Productions, with a very British scandal's Stephen Frears to direct. This comes over a year after Deadline revealed that the Sony-owned producer was turning the play into a television drama. Quiz tells the story of Charles Ingram, a former British Army major who caused a major scandal in the early 2000s after being caught cheating his way to winning £1 million on the game show Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. It tells how Ingram, his wife Diana, and accomplished Tekin Wittick, who was sitting in the audience, initially pulled off the on-screen heist before being caught and standing trial. Uh, so, so, so I, it's one of these things where this was a modern actual quiz show scandal. This is a real thing, folks. A lot of people like to talk about quiz show scandals, and they bring up like Michael Larson on on Press Your Luck, which is not really a scandal. Or they bring up the or they bring up the Van Dorian era of twenty one. This actually happened like in the last twenty years. Speaking of which, happy twenty years, once be a millionaire. Uh, so I can't wait to see this drama unfold. I finally game shows are told in a dramatic fashion again. So this is going to remind me of, I guess, Quiz Show, the movie from the 90s. Uh, but, of course, a little British because, you know, it is Charles Ingram. And <laughs> I can't wait. This actually seems like a lot of fun, actually. Uh, next is, oh, okay. Well, Titus Burgess to host cooking competition series Dishmantled from Chop Creator for quibby oh boy we're still on the quibby block you guys love quibby 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 oh my, all, all sorts of fun little new shows coming up quibby has given a green light to dishmantle described as a high octane cooking competition that will literally blow your socks off with titus burgess from unbreakable kimmy schmidt and 30 rock set to host the series hills from chop creator and executive producer linda lay and good egg entertainment and propgate owned electus hosted by burgess each episode starts with a cannon blasting of a mystery food dish into the faces of two blindfolded chefs They'll use their culinary prowess to identify the exploded dish and then race against the clock to recreate it. 
whichever chef comes closest to the original dish wins a cash prize. So, yay, Jeffrey Katzenberg and Matt Whitman's Quibi. It's launching in April, a short-form digital service of Flurry of Projects. Lots of great new shows. There's going to be more. I, I don't we'll not discuss more I, I i mean like yeah it's another game show but i don't i don't know about this quibby thing folks i think this seems like it's um not good anyway uh international news deal or no deal returns to mexico in the most shine format deal or no deal is returning to mexico whereas tv azteca has ordered a local version after an 11 year hiatus uh so lo- known locally as tela juegas I know it's not. That's like the the worst Spanish ever done. Hila <laughs> Huegas. Uh, the format lasted in Mexico in 2008. She had to premiere on Azteca Uno channel on Monday, August 12th. Well, we're about eight days behind. And we'll continue to broadcast in the time slot every day for the rest of the week. Uh, the grand prize is 1 million pesos, which if you're wondering is 50,750 US. Over the course of the game, as boxes are eliminated, player will be possessed with an offer from the bank and must decide to stop or play on i love deal or no deal so i you know good 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 job there uh next i'm reading this from newsweek rupaul announces drag race and all-stars new seasons this was on the 19th uh get your wigs ready because another season of both rupaul's drag race and rupaul's drag race all-stars are headed to tv rupaul announced the 12th season of his vh1 reality competition series drag race as well as the fifth installment of its sister series all-stars details have yet to be released in the video clip rupaul will know the series will be back soon all right well that's good uh so so i mean rupaul's drag race is an iconic reality competition show in the modern day so you know, you know what we're good i think rupaul Olsen has a like a talk show now so uh he's gonna be a bit busy in in, in the next few years uh but there's no word yet on i guess the date so it's kind of sure sure but they say coming soon so that's telling me probably later this this year i'm gonna guess maybe october uh so so i'm excited i know a lot of people love drag race it's a very very comedic reality show i kind of like i when i first saw it, it was like it's like a satire of of the of the reality competition backstabbing kind of thing it was just like a creative contest with with drag queens and now it's kind of trying to be a drama filled show uh, as long as they continue bring it into a cartoonish camp and never take it seriously i think the show can continue but something is telling me and this is this this just a in in like this is a hunch. I'm playing a hunch, folks. I think they're going to try and get more catty drama and actually get into fights. And look, I understand you want to do that, hold my wig or or throw the water and any other sort of of fighting stereotype in in reality competition shows. But the more it takes itself out of the equation and just becomes kind of like a fun variety show, the more that show can continue. But if it goes into that direction of the of the classic reality competition drama, that show will be ending immediately. Like that is almost like a a, a, uh, suicide note. (laughs) <laughs> oh i shouldn't say that because of today's re- with the recent news about epstein but oh well 
What I'm trying to say is don't, don't do the, the fight. Don't do the, the, the screamy fighty thing. That's not fun. Don't don't be an Epstein. Don't do the don't don't Epstein the show. That's all I'm trying to say. Uh final piece of news today. Rebel Wilson set to host LOL. Last one laughing for an Australian Amazon. The comedy of Rebel Wilson pitch Perfect the Hustle isn't romantic as signed on to host and executive produce the first Australian Amazon original series, LOL, Last One Laughing. The comedy variety series produced with Animal Shine Australia will feature a cast of 10 Australian comedic actors and stand-up comedians competing to make each other laugh first. The final comedian left standing will win the grand prize of 100000 Australian dollars. The first Australian Amazon original series will premiere exclusively on Prime Video with more than 200 countries and territories in 2020. The six-part series will film nonstop to catch all the action, follow a select group of talented comics who will bring various styles to the table, including stand-up, character, improvisational, physical comedy, and so do others. Uh, so basically, this is just documental. Uh, Casey, I, I forgot to say this. Documental is, is this great Japanese variety show where it's basically they got a group of comedians to hand over, I believe, 100,000 yen. And at the end, the winner gets 1 million yen. Uh, or is it 1 million and then they have to offer 10 million? I don't, it, it's one of those. And they've already uh, tried this in other countries. So this is the first English-speaking version of, of the documental game. And it's going to be in Australia. So uh, to me, because this is Rebel Wilson hosting it, and this is Australia, that's telling me if this does well on Amazon Prime Video, that Rebel might sign on to do the American version. They're trying it with Australia ver first because I believe it's cheaper that way. Now, it's weird because it's 10,000. I, I don't know if, how they're going to change the format up. Is Rebel going to hit the button and then walk in with the like the the yellow card and red card and orange card? Or is this going to be some sort of different take on it? That's what I'm curious about. Uh, I know documental would not really make sense to a to a Western audience, but uh, LOL, last one laughing, makes sense because that's basically the rule. Be the last one to laugh. And LOL, because, you know, the internet. <laughs> this is lol. <laughs> oh, yeah, the talent show. You know, the, the day's episode, it, it deals with a talent competition show. And, you know, before we recorded this episode i kind of had to get that that doubt i had some flashback moments about like as a kid like oh do you have any talents and you know it's like well i don't really have a singing voice you know i'm not a singer uh i don't really dance uh telling jokes well <laughs> tell tell any of these funny people how how funny i am and i'm pretty sure they'll say yeah he's funny and then like backstage to say yeah i suck so there really isn't much talent that i can really do um that that so it was kind of somber and it, it kind of hackens me back to like uh so what could you do and all i used to say is i could host i guess i think like that's my talent i i'm prone to just like read cards and be enthusiastic and be cheerful and mm -hmm. I don't know why I'm getting so sad or depressed during this. This is supposed to be a happy, funny episode, but it was kind of like, I don't really have much talent, and uh, all we could do is just get better. And then 
looking back, it's but sometimes it's okay to suck. Sometimes as long as you're having fun, that's all that matters. And I believe that is primarily why today's episode means so much, not just to me, but to television history. Because, well, every other television show these days, looking for the best singer or the best dancer, they're always looking for the best. And then other times, they look for the worst. And it's just like, let's just make fun of how bad it is. But here's a show that's willing to have fun with even the worst talent. And as long as they're having fun, it's okay to fail. It's okay to be gonged. That's what I learned. And that's why I believe today's episode is a historic episode. It's one that embraces our failures. This is a show that embraces our creativity. It finds new acts, and it has a lot of potential to be one of the most iconic shows of all time. A lot of people don't really see it as a game show, but to me, I think this is like that this is what predated Adult Swim as that irrelevant show where you just embrace the weird. This is a show where for a lot of comedy minds, this is the show that got them in tune to maybe I can do this very far out comedy character or maybe I can try my thing that I do on stage here. And I think that is why we got to talk about this show. And today I will be joined by Joe Hartzler to talk about the most iconic talent competition show ever created. Way more than American Idol. Way more than America's Got Talent. Even more than The Voice. Star Search even? Who knows? But one thing's for sure. We're about to have some fun. And let's bang a gong and get it on. It's the gong show. Now let's turn the table. With me on the line is the host of Live with Fartsler on Twitch, as well as from the new movie, It's Not a Phase, available now on Vimeo, and former host of Funnier Dies Boy Search, Mr. <laughs> Joe Hartsler. Wow, great polls. I just I love it. Also, I just want to thank you once again for wishing me a happy birthday in March. Unlike some other people who I thought was going to wish me a happy birthday. Uh, I'm not going to name names here because I don't. You got start, big timed. Don't want to start beefs, but but you're one of the good ones, Joe. You're an all around entertainer. You you act. You are you are an acting coach. You help me out from time to time. You help <laughs> a lot of people on your acting tips on YouTube. That's right. Uh, you you are a great musician. If you ever go to Twitch, go go live with Fartsler. There's a Sunday service. Lots of music. Lots of jams. It, it's a it's a show I've never seen out, outside of Twitch, and I love it. And then there is, of course, your comedy. You have a lot of great jokes, a lot of material, that you are an all-around entertainer, and I can't think of anyone else I would rather have to talk about for this one game show than the gong show. Wow. Jordan, thank you so much. You're too kind. You're, that's a very generous introduction you gave me. I'm not bribing you on this or anything. But I, I, but I appreciate it. That was a that's a nice introduction. 
But like the Gong Show means a lot to a lot of people in the world of, of I wouldn't just say like game shows because a lot of times it's considered like sure. the bastard child of game shows. Because well, like, how is it a game show? It's it's a talent show. And to me, I go if it wasn't for things like Gong Show, you know, things like Idol, Star Search, uh, The Voice these days, all of these shows that involve entertainment wouldn't be considered game shows either. And this is a simplistic format. It's the easiest format to explain. You know, I'll tell you, this show is a direct predecessor to I Know Your Favorite Show at Midnight. Uh, well, yes, I'm a big fan points. of At Midnight with Mr. Chris Hardwick. <laughs> points, points. Points, hashtag points for me. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like where like uh, the competition doesn't really matter. The competition doesn't really matter everyone's in it for it's just for fun it's just a fun show everyone's there just for i hate to say for exposure work considering the world we live in which is essentially what this is but but that's what they're there for but it's mostly for exposure at a time which was okay so the the show it debuted the debut date was june 14th 1976 that is all you need to know it was the mid-70s and television was was becoming irrelevant. And I mean irrelevant in terms of counterculture. We had the laugh-ins. Ah. We had, so this was the alternative to what's the high high praise, get all of the nice jam bands at the Ed Sullivan. This is the anti-Ed Sullivan. We're not looking for the top of the top. We're looking for the guy on the street who, who can probably drum. And it, yes. And it's such a fun show because this was Los Angeles at a time when all sorts of entertainers showed up. Now, uh, <laughs> the, the thing I have to bring up first before we're going into it is the premise is simple, so we can get the game out of the way. Comp uh, the contestants show up and they perform whatever they want, whatever's their talent. They can sing, they can dance, they can backflip. They, you've done backflips, you've do you've done bicycle stunts. You can do. I could go on the Gong Show, and I I'm literally I've got five different things. You could do right anything. now without thinking that I could go do on the gong show. And you'd probably win because you're that multi-talented. But you know what? I would be proud to go on as one of the gong people because it's clear to me that the producers plant certain gong people who know they're gong people. And I would be honored to fulfill the role of a gong person. It is. And I, I was I was going to go into the modern day after the, the easy premise of... So the contestant performs their act. If they survive, as in they, they perform their act and they're, they're good, uh, they get scored out of 10 of three judges. Whoever gets the most points wins. In the event of a tie, the judges must decide who wins based on the tie. Unless you're talking repo, in which case it's the applaudometer. But I say ah. survive because it's called the gong show. If at any point an act is considered terrible or just uninteresting or basically at the time, I guess, anti-humor, they would smash a gong and knock them out of the game. And essentially, it's kind of like an a, a, a amateur night at Showtime at the Apollo. They don't get the hook, but they just get eliminated from the game. But what I find fascinating is a lot of the time, those it's like you said, there are plants. I think there are plants in this show. Right, right. And some of these people, because this was the 70s, were definitely probably from the groundlings. And they were just testing out characters uh i know if there was a modern version and there was one with will arnett as the executive producer 
And then Mike ah. Myers hosted that one as Tommy Maitland. I see. And I actually watched that one today and had no idea I was watching Mike Myers. You were watching Mike Myers, the love guru himself. Mike Myers. Mike Myers from from Austin Powers, Yeah Baby. Austin Powers, it, The Spy Who Shagged Me, Yeah Baby. And yeah, Austin baby. Powers, Gold Member. He loves gold. Uh, a shagadelic. Shag, shaggy Deli. Shag, uh, he's also Dr. Evil. He's like, I want the, the million dollars, baby. I'll have a million dollars, please. And everyone's and, like... And, and he says, um, mini me. Y- yes. And he, used, he used to... Cla- his classic catchphrase was, mini me. <laughs> He wasn't in character. He was just in bed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. To be honest, now that I know that it was Mike Myers, I feel like I I watched it wrong. No, no, uh, you did not. I was watching it, and I kept thinking, who is this guy? He's not Robin Williams. It was Mike Myers in in essentially a fat suit. Uh, The fun part is, apparently it took about three hours to record one hour episode of Gong Show. Which is how it's not supposed to be, <laughs> even though they that, have the same casting department as America's Got Talent. That's exactly, uh, I think that gets to the heart of the problem I had with the new gong show, which was I kept watching it, and even though I thought these blood red curtains and the set is cool, like they look, it, it looks cool, it looks like showtime, I should like this, it's, it's like silly and fun. I kept thinking about what it would be like to be the studio audience. And you would be trapped there for three hours or more, and they'd hand you like one slice of cold pizza and then ask you if you've never been to a taping, it's horrible. Are you are you gonna diss on some of these warm up guys right now? I'm Joe. Actually Stephen Brody Stevens was the best of the best, and there's never gonna be a better warm up guy than Stephen Brody Stevens. But it's the audience warm up guy is the guy who's tasked with keeping people engaged, feeding them cold slices of pizza, and not letting them leave to use the restroom for like three hours. (laughs) If you've never been an audience member in a live studio audience, you should go do it, and then you will leave uh, as embittered as I am. I mean, unless you're talking to Price is Right, in which case... Oh, Price is Right is great. You go there, it's an hour, you get out... You get disappointed you don't get picked, but you're like, hey, I saw a guy win a car. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I went on the prices Right once, uh, and my roommate, my current roommate now, actually got picked to be on stage. And we realized, it made me realize uh, what they're looking for in a, in a contestant, and they're not looking for a comedian. They're looking for someone who's going to be really excited. Yeah, the, that, that's it. It's just the, it's, it's, I want to say one note. But like, if they want comedian, that's usually feud. That's uh, yeah. They they don't want you to be the funny one. They want you to be the excited one, who's just like so thrilled to be there, and um, who's gonna be, you know, overjoyed when they get picked. This is why we're secretly gonna try and reboot at midnight, so that way the comedians do become contestants again. Points. Yes. Uh, I could, if if need be, I can whip out my Hardwick. I never got to be a guest on At Midnight. A lot of my friends did. Uh, uh, were guests on At Midnight. 
by the way, it was a funnier diet production. So to me, I'm not going to call them out yet, but that's kind of a mean. You worked through that company and they didn't even decide to pick you. Come on. That is that's anti points. Yeah. Take it. Take away the points. I'm take away, away the points. points. And then I'm going to take away the wall next. Because here's the thing when. Well, I, I don't want to get into we're it. Not, I don't want to start Jack complaining. Let's, we're not. Let's, we're not. Let's stay positive. Not Jack AM. This is a fun game show podcast. <laughs> uh, exactly. It's 11 59, 59 seconds. And, uh, well, we're talking about the gong show. It's uh, it's the afternoon. We're talking about the gong show. And I can't believe what just happened. It's, uh, it's, way, it's a wonderful show. It's uh, We're great. There's a lot of comedians. And they tell jokes. And then there's uh, judges. And they tell jokes. And then there's a prize at the end. So, the the fun part is, uh, did because you, you barely saw it, the prize that they win on the Gong Show. Oh, what did they win? A check for uh the uh, the unre- the weird amount of five hundred sixteen dollars and thirty two cents. Oh, that's funny. Now, what? Why? Because a lot of times it's like that's a random amount. If you look back then at the Screen Actors Guild, the minimum payment for one day's work. Was five hundred sixteen dollars and thirty two cents. Aha! Uh-huh. So they're going SAG minimum. You know what's funny is it hasn't changed all that much in forty years. Uh, yes, fifty, uh, 50 the current, years. The currently, if I was doing reboot, nine hundred eighty is currently the SAG after minimum. Are you serious? Yeah, that actually sounds higher than what we get, but maybe it's just because I'm like after taxes and stuff Probably. like that. You know, actors get paid uh, like small piles of horse shit these days. And so here's one of the problems with being an actor is everyone thinks you're rich and that you make a lot of money. When in reality, the opposite is true. You got to look at the names on the tippity top. Who are the producers? Yeah. Now, look, I don't want to complain because frankly... As an actor, I've done better than I did as an office manager 10 years ago. But the future of acting for just actors, and these are like the people who do the gong parts of the gong show, like come out, put on a cowboy hat, fire your pistol into the air, and like, yeah. yeah they put the giant foam cowboy hat. Yeah, and just wait for the gong to ring. People like that are critical critical components of entertainment and yet they are paid pure garbage and celebrity paychecks are coming at the expense of every other actor on set okay that's as, that's as controversial as i'm gonna get oh, no no because because i can see where we're coming from because a lot of the time celebrities then get an ep credit so then they can get a chip of the budget yeah that's the modern yeah. day that's your that's your uh lebron james of the wall that's your yeah yeah <laughs> Steph so, so, Curry's got the golfing game going on. Yeah, it's weird times. It's like the former presidents are like having ki- children shows when it's like maybe we shouldn't give a kids show to someone who like blew up kids with drones. And I'm not trying to speak ill of a former president because I liked that president as much as anything. I still think it's weird to give uh, TV shows to former presidents. I don't know what I'm saying. Why? I, I this isn't Jack AM. Sense. Let me keep it on the gong show. 
So, I like the curtains on the gong show. You like the curtains on the gong show, and you <laughs> wish there was a giant O for President Obama to jump in and go, hi, everybody. Exactly. Uh, exactly. So uh, after the, so it's, it's, we need to talk about the set too, because I mean, the format was already talked about. Judges score, get gonged or out. The set uh, in the original had this nice orange curtains, and there was gong, and then there was like lights, and it looked flashy. It looked showbiz. It looked flashy and showbiz. It looked classy. It looked retro. It looked kind of like, uh, you know, contained. And it also felt uh, the original Gong Show had a little like, uh, uh, first of all, they didn't dwell on the celebrities forever. They didn't. It like had a real pace and the pace of the whole show felt like exciting. So the one that we saw today uh, was one courtesy of the Internet Archive because they're so hard to find. Uh, it had our, our three judges were Artie Johnson, who was from Laughing, uh, the the on, usually the per, almost the per, semi permanent guest of J P Morgan, not because of J P Morgan Chase, who uh, who still owes me money. Uh, Same here. And finally, a a, a young up and comer named David Letterman. Never heard of him. I'm a Leno guy. I mean, those headlines always crack me up. Uh, I pre- I prefer the funny one, Jay Leno. <laughs> I prefer the funny one, <laughs> Tom Snyder. <laughs> Tom Snyder. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it was interesting to see this episode, uh, because it was like, oh, whoa, they, they really did get a lot of people. Modern version, you got your your Will Forte. Sure. You get uh, Elizabeth Banks. You got, uh, it, it's basically all of Will Arnett's buddies that he's been in movies and in skets with. You know what I thought while watching the modern one is I thought, is this being a celebrity? Is this it? Is this like what I'm aspiring to? Yeah. Because it, it seems horrible. It does. And then like you it, compare it to classic like gong show judges and they're either sloshed up drunk yeah like that the original felt actually exciting and this one felt like the judges were being held hostage they didn't seem like they were having fun it seems like they were too preoccupied with their own celebrity and uh uh, frankly it seemed like a uh it lost the spirit of the the punk rock that's where i was gonna lead towards near the end of the show you just jumped three steps ahead sorry no no, because that is exactly it like i i hate to i hate to go in reference ucb um matt besser blocked me unfortunately (laughs) why did you get blocked by besser what for maybe because i uh, retweeted seth simmons's article (laughs) that jack also retweeted for RTing an article. You know, I have to hand it to Besser. I'm not blocked by Besser. I was blocked by Billy Merritt for liking a, tw- a Seth Simons tweet. Uh, I <laughs> I clicked uh, the little heart button on a tweet. and uh, Did you know Billy was uh, formerly on a game show? My friend Billy saw that I clicked the like on the wrong tweet and he blocked me. Sounds like you reached his boiling point. <laughs> That's a joke. Yeah, which was weird because I had not point. interacted directly with uh, with Billy, so that felt weird that I was blocked for that. Yeah, so, that uh, Billy Merritt, uh, that seems weird that you blocked me for that, especially considering I paid you money to be my improv coach for years and never, frankly, um, brought grievance against you. 
Yeah. But if I was forced to, I suppose I could. You, you're. It's okay now. You're, you're America's improv coach. <laughs> what am I saying? I'm not gonna try to uh, uh, stir up beefs on uh, uh, your your wonderful <laughs> podcast here, Jordan. Cut that out. Cut out any negativity that I say. Uh, uh, <laughs> go anyway, through with the. With us here is Nick Weiger from Doughboys. If, if you have any <laughs> animosity, that's at Nick Weiger on Twitter. Yes. Um, there you go. No, Nick's great. <laughs> I'm still wanting to get yeah. him on the show. Send, send your complaints to at Nick, Nick Weiger on Twitter. That's, once again, that is N-I-C-K-W-I-G-E-R. No, what am I doing? Now I'm being a bad guy. <laughs> wow. 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 To quote. Oh, Nick Wagger! Wow. Now Nick will never show up on this show because he's gonna. Hey, be- have you in- have you invited him to do I your have. show? I send him a DM and he hasn't responded back. But then again, he, like the last every it seems like every single time I send him a message, uh, he's on lo- he's on the road. So. Yeah, they're busy. They seem they do, they just did an episode with uh with Jeff Tweedy and like uh, some wild people. And it's like eventually. Eventually, I'll have some moderate fame that I could possibly be a doughboy. <laughs> you know what? I it it doesn't matter to me, Jordan, whether or not you're famous because I am a man of the people, you, not like Nick Weiger. <laughs> this is starting to sound like this is the 2020 debates right now. It sounds like somebody is trying. <laughs> you know, Nick Weiger was anti-busing. What? He was big. He was a huge against uh, busing um, back in the day, and he also refuses to start impeachment proceedings. You know what I call that? A clapback. Gong. I would give Nick Weiger the gong. Gong, gong Weiger. Hashtag Gong Weiger. Or if, he, or or I guess this is a bit. What do you think? If you think Nick Weiger deserves gong, hashtag Gong Weiger. And if you think <laughs> not. Uh, hashtag stick with Rick. <laughs> there you go. Stick there you go. So, so what else about this? What other? Okay, uh, so, so the one we yeah. saw, Mona Marshall was a contestant. She's the voice of Sheila Broslowski on South Park. <laughs> Jordan, I'm impressed by your encyclopedia knowledge of these people. Oh no, it gets weirder because like some of this is like I did not know they were a contestant on this. Okay, so that was, this is the daytime version. This is 11 o'clock in the afternoon. And so you can watch like a game show. You can watch the news. And then you flip to NBC. Here's a crazy guy juggling. He doesn't care. <laughs> and I think this is the first preliminary show that was, I think, intentionally made for college students. And ah. never again was this. Interesting. Interesting. So you think this show is targeting the college the college folk. This was the Mad Magazine college age. The people who are like stick it to, to Spiro Agnew. I love that comparison. And it's you used to be able to like be subversive by doing very little. Yes. And, and nowadays to be subversive you have to like cut your stomach open and like have a seance or something live on Twitch. Which I will be doing next week. No, Tune no, in no, next we, Friday. No, no, what, you're not. What? No. Oh. What? What? I just want to promote my tw- live Twitch seance. Okay, I, fine. I mean, you can promote your Twitch. I, I, before the recording, I said don't do the seance. Cause the I, seance I, thing, fine. Well, follow me on twitch.tv slash fartsler. Either way. All right. 
So this was the daytime. And the fun part of the story is, so <clears throat> the original, because I got to go to the history of the show, because it's all these fascinating Of course. Things. So there, uh, the original host for the show, by the way, was not Chuck Barris, the guy from Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, creator of all sorts of legendary game shows like The Dating Game, such as wow. The Newlywed Game, such as The All New Three is a Crowd. He's that guy. Wow. He created all these game shows. And now here's this guy in a weird bucket cap just screaming and going weird, wild stuff. Wow. I didn't know this. The original host was a, was a guy named John Barber. But the problem was John Barber did not understand the hell that he put himself in with Gong Show. He was playing it serious. And the ratings sucked. Oh, wow. So That's NBC very interesting. If Chuck Barris himself couldn't host the show, it would be canceled on the spot. So he, instead, he took the reign and became the host. Did he create the show? He Well, so the original show uh, came from a guy named Tommy Hunter, uh, Canada's country gentleman. He's this guy from Canada who was a country music guy. And he saw a juggling act, and he told it to a guy named Chris Beard. So then Beard pitched that show, he's Canadian, to the Canadian broadcasting company, CBC. And the last went, name like Beard, he's got to be Canadian. And he said, no. Sorry, sorry, no, sorry, can't do it, no. So he you can't do it. Eh. Can't do it. <laughs> so he then went to the United States to Chuck Barris and said the show, and he created it with Chuck Barris. So it's a Chuck Barris, uh, Chris Beard production. Wowzers! And That's I incredible. have a whole list of names of artists who have been on the show. Okay. Weird Al Yankovic. What? He auditioned when he was in college. When we you know Dr. Wow. tapes. He sang a song called Mr. Frump in the Iron Lung, but he never got the call back. That wow. song is on his first album. About 10% of people who auditioned to be on Gong Show end up on air, by the way. Uh, Steve Martin performed on the show. Legend. What? What did he do? Uh, I think he did some magic, and he definitely did some performing music. I think at the time he was still juggling between that and Disneyland. Uh, Andrea McCardle appeared, and, he, and she got the lead from Annie in Broadway. Wow. Uh, Lynn, uh sung on the show and then afterwards uh, got a record contract and recorded Got to Be Real. Uh, Mira Winningham won Gong Show singing Hair There and Everywhere. And here's one that might be interesting. I said Paul Rubens recently. Ground wow. his own Paul Rubens. He appeared over 15 times and won just once. Uh, and an obscure band you might not have heard of called Danny Elfman and the Oingo Boingo made its debut on the Gong Show. Are you kidding me? I am not kidding you. Wow, that's that's an impressive uh, roster. It is. The prize in the 70s was 5, 16, 32, which was Screen Actors Guild minimum for a day's work. Uh, modern day reboot, it's $2,000.17 or $2,000.18. Guess what year? <laughs> what year? 2017 or 2018, depending on when it aired. Wow. They really could have just like done something silly, I guess. But um, so so there's a few other fun things to bring up here. One famous okay. act was uh, I hate to explain this, uh, but if you're Jeff if you're Jeffrey Epstein, you might get a kick out of this. <clears throat> there were two 17 year old girls, and they were wearing very high high shorts, and they wore T-shirts that say "I'm in the mood for love," and their talent. This was a famous act was sucking on orange popsicles. Their act was titled, Have You Got a Nickel? And that was it. Just two girls sucking on orange popsicle. 
Now, what's the significance of this act? Well, I'm guessing it's the innuendo with the way that they sucked on the orange popsicles. What do you mean? Let me just say, there was some oral stimulation going on there when they were enjoying a nice frozen ice lolly. Uh, the reason because it was so innuendo and risque was because Chuck Barris, who we've established as like the, the, the polar of strings on the show, intentionally put them on there. Wow. He uses Did it he... as a distraction so that way he can get away with a little slightly less risque acts to put on the show just to piss off the censors. Really? Mm-hmm. Chuck Barris, you naughty little boy. Now, did these... Here's what I wonder. Did these two 17-year-olds come to Chuck Barris and say, we want to suck on uh, popsicles? Or did Chuck Barris says, hey, you, you underage girls, you want to <laughs> suck on a lolly on TV? Hey, you like some popsicles? I know you do, and I love to see you. You want to suck on a lolly on TV for $516.32? Sure, Chuck. Weird enough, they were interns. No, they weren't. <laughs> um, so the was thing Chuck, was, it aired you know, on, the I, West, on the East Coast affiliate. They put it on the East Coast, but when it showed off to the sense to uh, the the West Coast, they immediately ooh, pulled the episode. They pulled it, so you had to be on the East Coast to get in it to get the the goods. Mm-hmm. So so it was hard to find, but if eventually it did make its return, uh, we'll explain that in just a bit. A few weeks after that episode, J.P. Morgan, who is the recurring uh, judge, uh, flashed the audience. What? Yeah, and it was Flat barred with from what? going on the show by the network. NBC said, you're no longer allowed on Gong Show. What? We, uh, we flash him with what? Is is Wee Wee? Well, J.P. Morgan's the lady. What? The lady. So, so, the, so the big honkers. Oh, she... The lady showed honkers? Yes, yes. The Danny Elfman and the Oingo Boingos. And she got banned? She got banned because she's a celebrity. You don't, you can't do that. Wow, you can't show the Oingo Boingos on, on the... Event, it, all, three, for, all three of the judges hate your, your work so much that they hit the gong. They call it a gang gonged. A gang gong? Yes. Yes. I don't know. It seems This is for the kids. Uh, on the- hey, we haven't even talked about the fact that uh, uh what what about the appropriation of the gong? <laughs> Are we canceling the gong show even though we got canceled? There's no way that the the origins of the gong like if you hear the gong sound that it means uh you failed. Yes. <laughs> In fact, I've looked up here on the Wikipedia. I've looked up gong. Mhm. And I'm going to see it's a percussion that takes the form of a flat circular metal disc, which is hit with a mallet. The gong traces its roots back to the Bronze Age, around 3500 BC. The term gong originated in, this is from the the website, www. Actually, it's from the website, HTTPS, two dots directly above each other. Leaning slash leaning line E N dot W I K I P E D I A dot org slash W I K I slash 
G-O-N-G. That's wikipedia.org slash wiki slash gong. I, I just want to make sure people can follow yes. follow this. We have production notes, but I mean, I value uh, what you're doing. There's three types of gongs, Jordan. Suspended gongs are more or less flat. They're circular discs. Metal suspended ver- vertically by cord pass through holes near the top rim. Again, I'm reading from the website, wikipedia.org. Do you know? There's do, do, two other kinds of gongs, and you can look them up if you look there. Okay, that's all I got, Jordan. So what's, what's up? the gong? So I'm pretty sure that was the gong that was used in the gong show. Uh, the definition of a gong show, by the way, originated from the 1970s Canadian hockey culture, uh, which essentially ah. means a shitstorm. That's why it started in Canada. The gong show became synonymous with with this weird variety act, and why it's such a shit show. I see. Uh, one more f- fun fact I gotta bring here was because that popsicle thing. Uh, <clears throat> there was a movie called the Gong Show Movie, and it was featured in the Gong Show Movie. The debut date was May twenty third, nineteen eighty. Do you know what other movies were out that weekend? A little movie called The Empire Strikes Back, and. The Shining. Wow. The Gong Show movie actually beat The Shining in the theater what? that weekend. That is a great statistic. That's a great fact. However, it did lose to Star Wars Episode Five. Wow. It received mostly Ooh. negative reviews. And there is a real quote from George Burns. For the first time in 65 years, I wanted to get out of show business. <laughs> And the That's original director one. and writer was Robert Downey Sr. What? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Boy, thank God nepotism has not stopped uh, making stars out of people. Oh, it gets even better because I've been telling you about the daytime version, which is the iconic version. People know Chuck Barris. They know Gene Gene, the dancing machine. He dances. Everyone loves him. He dances. do 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 Great. That song's stuck in my head now. Um, sure. But... Did you know that was the daytime version? There was actually one in prime time as well. What? And the host of that was not Chuck Barris. It was a man. What? It was a man by the name of Gary Owens. Gary Owens? Yes. Uh, if you may not know who Gary Owens is, he's a fantastic voiceover guy, an announcer voice. Uh, he was the announcer from Garfield and Friends. And if you are a, a cartoon nerd, uh, I could think of a couple people who might know. Uh, he was the voice of Powder Toast Man on Ren Stimpy. And was the announcer on Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Wow. Jordan, I'm again blown away. I stand in awe of your encyclopedia knowledge of show business. It's incredible. And afterwards, there has been not one, not two, not three, but four reboots. Four reboots? 1980s. The late 80s, 88, 89. Don Blue hosted it. Only lasted one season. It was the most 80s-ass, 80s version of the gong show you can think of. It was. It lost its nuance. It was just trying to do, like, here's Huey Lewis and the news ripoffs. I see. Then they tried it again on the Game Show Network with a show called Extreme Gong, hosted by a man named George Gray. In this version, you are the judges, and you can phone in to gong the act. 
Wow. Interactivity in the 1990s. Using technology. Yes. And instead of a gong, it was like a bloopy bloop slime mess. And it looked like someone's garage. Ooh. Uh, in the only episode I have seen features uh, Fluffy, Gabriel Iglesias, as one of the contestants. Wow. wow. Uh, so then they try to bring it back with Adam Sandler's Happy Madison Productions. Really? And it was called The Gong Show with Dave Attell. Oh, my gosh. They should have called it Late Night with Dave Attell. Imagine if you stayed up all night and become like an insomniac or something. There you go. Uh, oh, yeah, that's what it was called, Insomniac with Dave, 2008. Dave, Dave Attell. Last Not one late, season. late night. It went to ABC with the one that was the most recent reboot, 2007-2008. Uh, that's the one that was with Will Arnett's company and had Mike Myers as Tommy Maitland. Uh, in every version of this, uh, it lost its appeal in one form or another. 80s, it lost its nuance. They weren't trying to go for the innuendo. They weren't trying to go for... Uh, the counterculture measure. It kind of was just like, the kids love the rock music. Here's some rock music. Jordan, can I tell you about can I tell you about a type of gong? Sure. Tell me a gong. You know, a wind gong is a flat bronze disc with little fundamental pitch, heavily tuned or heavy tuned overtones and long sustain. They're most commonly made of bronze, but can also be made out of brass Whoa. or nickel silver. Traditionally, a wind gong is playing is played with a large, soft mallet, which gives it a roaring crash to match their namesake. Can I tell you about another one? Sure. Now, this one is a bit of a humorous uh, name here. It's called the nipple gong, Jordan. What? And this is from the the the, the internet ab, uh, address Wikipedia. So on the uh, Wikipedia, there's something called nipple gong. It says nipple gong, and I don't know if I'm the being, uh, you know, head. I don't know if it's a, if Ashton Kutcher is hiding somewhere to say that I've been punked. But a nipple gong has a central raised boss or nipple, often made of different metals than other gongs with varying degrees of quality and resonance. They have a tone with less shimmer than other gongs and two distinct sounds depending on whether they are struck on the boss or nipple or next to it. They are most often but not always tuned to various pitches. Is nipple it- gongs range in size from 6 to 20 inches, and you can find that sentence on the website wikipedia.org. <laughs> so, so is it more perky in cold climates? or Freaking nipple gong. <laughs> nipple gong. I don't know. What yeah. kind of innuendo is that? That's the kind of comedy you can that's expect. That's the stuff. That's the Chuck Barris stuff they're looking that's, for. Oh, that's more David Tell. That was more edgy. Sure, sure. Uh, 80s was when they were just going no innuendo. Nine, 2008 was when they were going full force in the edgy. Here's Andy Dick screaming at you with Steve-O. It, it was a hot mess of a show. Steve-O was on it. Wow. Oh, yeah. It was Judges. Like It was not good. I see. And then we go to the modern version where it's this hour long and it's so slow. And the judges, I think they were there because their agents told them to. And they went, sure. Yeah. They were kind of not really wanting to be there. They kind of were just, I guess, doing it as a favor. And the- it's 
Yeah. And it's hard. Yeah. It's it's hard. I think especially when something's already been done, and then you know now you're trying to get celebrities involved and celebrities today. I don't know. It didn't seem like in the newer one that I watched. It didn't seem like anyone was having as much fun. It seemed like everyone was. Uh, it, it needs that. I I still say UCB edge. It needs that sort of like that nick of of, of like I'm in it just because I know this is weird and I want to see the weird. Like you need to embrace that that weird awkwardness, and it seems like they didn't do it. They kind of wanted, uh, like their actual talent show of some kind. Uh, right. So the final episode of the version was July twenty first, nineteen seventy eight. Um, that's that's all you need to know aside from its infamous catchphrase from Hollywood almost live. Um, before we get to our ah. lightning round, uh, should the show be revived again? If so, how? Yes, the show should be revived again and many, many more times into the future. Uh, um, as as you know, no, there, there's no use in creating something new and original when you can create something that has already been created. Because when you create something that's already been created, you take what people uh, uh, already recognize, which is name recognition, and you can you know you can destroy the um i don't know what i'm saying here jordan i'm just saying that they should remake this again and i should obviously be hosting this gong show you know what cuz you know what i'm going you know what i'm going to do i'm going to come out on a bmx bike i'm going to jump over some like freaking sharks in a little swimming pool and then it's going to be like all right let's do the gong show and every other act after that you know is going to seem lame because the host came out on a BMX bike and jumped over sharks. What, what's the next question? What's going on? That's it. That's the show. Okay, we're done. <laughs> we're done. I guess I'm not. I said I'm not going to host this show. I don't have. I would do it again, uh, and I would make it cool. I would make it go really fast. The celebrities would be barely mentioned or noticed, and uh, it would be a freaking blast. Uh, so here is what I wrote down: a half hour, not full hour. Three judges and a host that's more in it for the chaos. I guess that would be you, <laughs> Joe. That'd that's be... me. That's me. Uh, the score is still once again at 10. And then it's only half hour, so you only get like four or five acts. But then again, yep. it goes faster. It goes real quick. Uh, you get a few UCB-type characters to show up just to be the plugs to do the gong. Uh, Matt Besser, being... Billy Marat. And then, because you need someone to Eugene replace Cordero. that unknown comic. You need someone to replace the, the unknown comic. There was an unknown comic. Sure. He put a paper bag on his head. It was fun. Ooh, that's right. They had an unknown comic, right? Yeah, it was just this dude with like a bag on his head. He told really, he told very Joe puppet like jokes. Now, see, that could be me too, because the bag over the head would play in well to uh, my type. Because it was very Joe puppet in his. Because I've been told before that my type, you know, they, they say you have to understand your type, mm-hmm. and uh, I. I did one of those workshops where they broke down and tell you what type of actor you are. And at the end they said my type was uh like a character that has a bag over his head. I I don't know cuz you're very <laughs> you're a very good looking guy, Joe. I don't know if that's an insult. They said I should have a bag over my head. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, your headshots are all you with a Ralph's bag over your head, so that makes sense. Right, right, right. It makes sense. It makes sense. But uh, 
<laughs> and then the grand prize is of course the Golden Gong in 980. That's it. That's that's my rebooted version of of the mat, of a gong show. You hit the gong, bang a gong, get it on in the promos. Uh, oh, I like that little uh, T Rex. Although I think I think you need to be a little bit more manic, Joe. I think you, if you're like going to be on my X bike over the sharks, then you just have to start screaming like you're like in on like an Eric Andre type show. Like, are you ready for the gong show? <laughs> I'm prepared to do that, you cheeky monkeys. I am prepared to do that. You cheeky monkeys. That's right. Because uh, he's Tommy <laughs> Maitland tried to imitate uh, British game show host. So Br- I'm going to keep that. I'm going to keep the Mike Myers catchphrase, cheeky monkey, but I'm going to make it my own. It is. And, and I'm not just going to go into a lowering tangent about that because, Jesus, jo- I'm not going to make Joe stay in our hour. Um, but... <laughs> It essentially I, is uh, the British catchphrase of like the talk to the audience. Like, for instance, Bruce Forsyth, it's so nice to see you, to see you nice. So his was, who's a cheeky monkey? You are. And then he goes, no, you are. And that's why I love you. Oh, I like that one. So maybe I should try to come up with a, a gong show catchphrase like that. And you're going to do all, and plus, then you could do different stunts. Like you could do. Your- so, so, in- so instead of like cheeky monkeys, I could be like, "How's everybody doing out there, you stinky fuckers?" Yes. And you just keep would that so- work? You just keep berating the audience. Jordan, what time does your podcast air? Uh, my podcast airs whenever it's a podcast. It's a uh- Ho- hopefully late night though, because I don't want to. You know what? I don't want someone to accidentally play your podcast at 11 in the morning and then they hear me say, you stinky fucker, and they'd be like, it's 11 o'clock in the morning. I haven't even eaten my uh, uh, trick cereal. I'm just eating my dinosaur eggs oatmeal. What the hell is this? But if you see if you see this, the exact same show or if you listen to the exact same podcast after 11 o'clock at night and then you hear somebody say, you stinky fuckers, you crack up and you're like, you're coughing in your trick cereal all over the place because it's funny after 11 o'clock at night. The new sh- and it's with the original fruit shapes, not these balls. No. Uh, Nobody wants a, seer- a bowl full of uh, tricks balls. Yuck. We want the original shapes. Yuck. You stinky fuckers. Yeah, jeez, gross. Take a shower. Yeah, take a shower, you... St- I just wanted to just see you go all high, hyperventilate <laughs> and then go, and here's some grandma on a harmonica. Yeah. <laughs> just like after you see some ridiculous thing. And here's like a little kid who does yodeling. Jordan, I have to ask you this. Yeah. As someone who studies game shows and podcasts scientifically for a living, mm-hmm. you would call yourself a game show scientist. Yes. I'm yes, assuming. Uh, Professor Jordan Haas. Uh, a game show scientist. Yeah. Do you have an original game show concept that you've developed and that you would like to do as a game show? I have. Do you want to pitch it? All right. Do you do you have, do you have time? Like, uh, and if it's not good, I'm gonna give you a gong. Oh no. Uh, okay. So, but if it's good, I'll I'll get I'll rate you uh, between nine and ten. Okay. So. You have five minutes to complete five games, uh, one after the other. That's it. The longer it takes to complete the challenge, the time ticks off. If you lose, if you can't complete it in five minutes, you lose. That's it. So, like, okay, make I'm, a basketball. I'm listening. Make a basketball in, in the three point line, or 
uh, go across a balance beam or solve Ooh. a juggle puzzle. Five games in five minutes. I like this. I like this. And then the final fifth game is basically try and find the four-digit pin number. Can you? Can you? It's it's five and five. That's very good. That's a good game. You could call it five and five. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> well, look at look how real Lord Michaels over here. <laughs> uh, you should probably find someone to produce this, and 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 I'm and I'm gonna pressure you to sleep with her. Oh, oh, okay. Lauren Michaels style, you know what I'm saying? Allegedly in parody. Allegedly, great. Now I can't work on SNL. I already <laughs> delivered my packet and start like repurposing my tweets. I don't get it. Okay, so that's your uh your your game show. Uh, uh, what what is your dream? Do you just like reviewing game shows in the game show podcast, or do you want to host a game show? I mean, like a production wise, I mean, game shows. I used to think that, but it's it's kind of like the same way you talked about being a celebrity. It's kind of like, oh, it, you're gonna end up being like the judge on the Gong Show. Is that really what you want to do? Exactly. Like, I mean, I'm I'm up for hosting stuff, but. I, I think because a lot of hosting requires different gravitas and a lot of times people get comedians or they get actors and it's just kind of like just so they can get the higher paycheck because of of because uh, of their budget. Right. That it's like, yeah, definitely me, the guy who's not in any feature films or has any Netflix comedy specials. <laughs> I'm definitely going to be hosting game shows in my life. So instead, I get to talk about game shows and analyze. I game see shows your point. Game I see your point. You know, these days, if you really want to be on TV, you have to be like the child of of an affluent person, like like you were saying, like you have to be a, uh, a Downey Junior. Yes, whose 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 dad made <laughs> partially made the Gong Show movie and then walked off. Did he really? Yes. Uh, Chuck said, "I'm going to create the next half without you." Wow. Because he is a madman. Chuck Barris is a crazy person, and I mean that in the most flattering way. Go see Confessions of a Dangerous Mind in theaters now. Wow. Do you believe him? Do you think he was a CIA hitman? Oh, oh hell no, no, no. You think he's just a good storyteller, probably? I think he's just a good storyteller. He, like, 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 I think pro wrestling. You gotta treat him like yeah. the pro wrestling of game show hosts. Like, he's a guy who's That's like... That's a great way to think of it. Like, he wants to create kayfabe. Like, I'm a boring dude who probably just likes to play music in the office and then i create a few game shows what happens hey, after maybe i should start creating some game shows then you can work at the then you can work for homeland security heck yeah that's been always been my dream everyone's dream it, it, that's the pathway it's it's at first it, <laughs> you 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 start as a young kid watching movies and television shows and you're like one day i want to be like that a person working for the government Hell yeah! All righty. <laughs> so Joe, these these colors don't bleed. They don't. They don't. And I, I'm, they don't run. They don't run. And I, I dig your Punisher sticker decal on the on the car. Hell yeah! Uh, so before we get going, there's a lightning round, Joe. Five questions, sixty seconds though on the clock. All right, let's do this. You stinky, stinky fuckers. What you said? Fricker, frickers. Yes, yes. We're doing the good place now. It's uh, you, st <laughs> you stinky forkers. <laughs> These stinky forkers, yeah. Uh, it's it's the number one show on NBC. How could it not suck? All right. So there's gonna be five questions, six seconds. So each one you get right, you get a plug. That's five potential plugs. 
Okay. Let's put 60 seconds on the clock. Yikes. Besides Mike Myers, name somebody who could have hosted the gong show. David Letterman. Do you have any food allergies? No. If you were on the gong show, would you rather perform one of your trademark stunts or perform one of your trademark characters? Ooh, a character doing a stunt. Who was the unknown comic? Who was the un- Paul Rust. I have a problem in improvisation where I do not listen to the suggestion by the partner. Is there a way to improve? I didn't, I wasn't paying attention. I have a, oh, jeez. I, <laughs> I have a pro, I have you a problem I improv and I can't, and I talk over people a lot. I wasn't listening. You win. Fart. <laughs> I was just kidding. I was just kidding on that last one. That was a joke answer. The last one was a joke answer. Every other answer was deadly serious. You got all five products. Congratulations, Joe. Wow. Thank you. Not only have we learned I'm bad at improv, we both. Oh, you're great at improv. Winner. Wait, what's that? I'm not falling for that one again, Joe. <laughs> I actually, oh, man. I said not only have we learned I'm a bad improver. Oh, you're a great improver. Don't ever give up on improving. You're also a big winner with five plugs. Anything you want to promote? Here's what I want to promote. It's not a phase directed by the brilliant Christopher Borgley and shot by Ben Mullen on beautiful 16 millimeter. There were so many talented people involved in this. It is a Vimeo staff pick. Check it out. It's a short film I did. Uh, again, shot on beautiful 16 millimeter. And it will remind you very quickly that we have sacrificed something in this digital age. And it's not just actors getting uh, uh, paid garbage nowadays because everything's digital. We're missing out on film. Film, beautiful, beautiful film. And uh, you should check that out. There's one plug. How about another one? Suit on that. I also like that, At- that suit. You- oh, the the what? I also like that suit you wore in, in one scene. I'm not going to say it. You'll have to tune in. Thank you. Yeah. Co- wardrobes were like a big part. War- wardrobe and costuming was a big part of this. And uh, you guys should check it out. It's called It's Not a Phase. And you can find it on uh, Vimeo. It's a Vimeo staff pick directed by the great Christopher Borgley. Check it out. Uh, Another plug you should follow me on the website www.twitter.com. That's pronounced twitter.com and uh, at Joe Hartzler. Boy, cut out all of this, Jordan. I'm sounds so obnoxious. Good lord. Joe Hartzler. Gong. On I get a gong for this part of it. Oh, oh no, we're gonna have. You're the changing dancing machine. We're just gonna just dance and just like yeah, whatever. At Joe Hartzler, follow me on there, and also follow me on twitch.tv slash fartzler. I've got a live streaming show. I've got a, uh, 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 I'm playing Halo, uh, uh, I'm, and telling uh, war stories from, from back in the day, and I'm also doing a, uh, a, a live streaming talk show. And follow me on YouTube, uh, search Acting Tips with Joe Hartzler, and you will find me on YouTube. I put out a show at my leisure, I have no deadlines, but I'm going to be putting out an episode with Jack Allison that is very, very good uh, in the next couple weeks. He's, he's everyone's favorite boy. He is everyone's favorite boy. We all love our Jackie boy.
He he was he did the mass singer with me. So so I'm now every single time there's any news of the mass singer, I'm just sending it his way, and I know he just deletes it. No, Jack Jack's a bit busy guy though too, because uh, everybody's uh, emailing him. Jack Jack is like uh, he's you know, and I'm, I'll tell you what's going to happen. He is about to replace Joe Rogan as the center of the internet. I could give see it a that. few years. I give it a few years. I think I'll take over. Okay, here's my last plug i had a plug that's um trying to escape me right now but uh my last plug oh i forget it talk about something else really quickly so i don't Book remember Con 2020 has, an, has a, a fun page go to indiegogo.com slash bug 2020 don't yeah to- support bug con keep bug con fun because as i i was gonna go this year i couldn't a lot of mishaps happened and i got so angry but you gotta come. You gotta I come gotta next come. year. I gotta, I gotta meet Franklin, Uncle Howard. I gotta meet Blair. Gotta meet Jack. Gotta meet Kate. Gotta meet you. Gotta meet uh, both Franklin and Uncle Howard. That's right. Gotta That's meet, right. I heard Shampoodler was there. The that he had a he had a booth. It was a very sad booth. The, the Shampoodler booth. But yes, you gotta come. BugCon is basically where the internet and IRL intersect. Also, actually, they probably legit the funniest people online that I know are there. It's a super fun time, actually. Yeah, it's it's a very dumb, uh, silly, fun time up in Burbank. We're trying to keep Burbank fun. It's at the Burbank Airport Marriott Hotel. We're located right and, next to uh, the LAGOP. What a weekend. What a great weekend it is. Jordan, thank you for having me on your wonderful show. Thank you so much. Once again, Joe Hartzler, ladies and gentlemen. I wish I could think of my final plug. I can't remember what I was about to plug, but, um, you know... That's all right. What you can do is you can always just DM me, I guess, and I can just say it right about now. Check out my band, The Stinky Fuckers. We're playing out there in uh, 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 El Cerrito. We're, we're, saying, we're playing out in El Cerrito this weekend, The Stinky Fuckers. I'm sorry I cuss so much. I hope you listen to this podcast late at night. Coach, look out, Coachella. <laughs> Ella, Ella, Ella. Anything else, Jordan? What's what else is going on? I don't know. I got nothing else. You got nothing else? You you're really good because I was gonna say like, uh, 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 go find the old funnier. Do they still have up like the the rest of 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 boy? You can find yeah yeah you can find boy search i did it that 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 was a a show i did with jack allison you can find that on uh, funny or die you can also find on funny or die a little show called desert sun uh you can find a little show called trophy case seven desert sun rising aka hero with no masters it's a funny or die test tube and you can watch it it's like a um basically it's like netflix the characters but I made it before Netflix. The characters. What? They were. They later. First, it's s- almost exactly like that, except that uh, it's not as good, and I didn't get paid. It's 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 as good or better, but I didn't get paid anything, not a dime. No. But go watch it. And, and I'm sure if you have anything else coming up, you'll you'll let me know. And please, I'll let you know. Thank you, Jordan. Thanks again, Joe. We're we're now shaking our we're now shaking hands, and we're looking at the camera awkwardly. This is not something to do on the gong show, but this is just how life works these days. Bang a gong. (laughs) Uh, Thanks again, Joe, for stopping by. Joe Hartzler, 
I'm a big fan of acting tips on YouTube. And also, he's been doing uh, the live at 5 on twitch.tv slash fartsler. Uh, always every 5 o'clock. He has a lot of fun. Does more music. It's almost like the Sunday service. But, you know, at 5 o'clock, when you really need it the most. I, I, I like I like it so much. So much fun with Joe. Uh, and, and I think it's on temporarily hiatus. It'll be back, I believe, next week. Uh, I, I can't wait to watch more of it, but you know it happens sometimes. This is what happens when you're a, you're a, a big hustling actor like Joe. Uh, so uh, next is uh, I got to do some some facts here. I got to retract. Uh, <clears throat> there were it wasn't just the GOP convention. There was also a General Hospital convention as well at BugCon, uh, and they are still doing a donation drive. Uh, folks, if you want to donate to BugCon 2020, go to Indiegogo.com slash project slash BugCon 2020, or you go to IGG.me slash AT slash BugCon, because they're getting the fundraising going for the next BugCon next year, BugCon 2020. I wish I could get a, a podcast panel there, but unfortunately, they all sold out. A little disappointed there, but I, I I still have to get my passes. Still have a good time there. And guys, you need to really like uh, help out with this because it's just been a lot of fun. A lot of funny, talented people there with a lot of heart and a lot of humor too. Sometimes you like to laugh, sometimes you like to think, but sometimes you just want to smile. And th- to me, that's what BugCon's all about. BugCon, it's about smiles. It puts smiles on so many people's faces, and I, I think that is something worth uh, donating for. Over in Burbank, California, lots of fun. Sponsored by Rain Energy Drink. You never know what's going to happen there. Uh, and finally, in terms of the Gong Show, uh, the final episode of the Gong Show, Chuck Barris was in the final episode not as the host, but as a contestant. Uh, he was in the house band and they all had the act called the Hollywood Cowboys. They sang, Johnny Paychecks, take this job and shove it, and proceeded to flip the cameras at NBC. A fitting way to end the show, as it started with a country music star, and it ended, of course, with country music. Now it's time for the 110-part series exploring every pricing game on The Price is Right. This is... The Pricing Game Spotlight. Trader Bob! Premiere date, April 29th, 1980. Tape number 3662D. Finale date. November 19th, 1985. 5892D. That's right. It might be a 110 part series, but many of these no longer exist. Uh, so, Trader Bob was a game where the contestant had to trade up to win. Uh, it was one of the five retired games alongside the original Balance Game 1 finish line give or keep and shower game in which the contestant can win something regardless of the game's outcome gameplay 
The contestant was shown a small prize, which served as their base prize, but was not shown its price. They were then shown a pair of small prizes. The contestant had to trade up by selecting the price which was more expensive than their base price. The rejected item was revealed while the kept item was placed next to the base prize. This process was repeated with two additional pairs of small prizes, for which the contestant would have to choose the price which was more expensive than their previous selection. Once all three choices were made, the prices of the selected prizes were revealed one at a time. Starting with the base price, if all four chosen items were priced in ascending order, the contestant won a large prize. Regardless of the outcome of the game, the contestant won the last small prize its price has revealed before the game ended. This was the fourth and final small prize in the trading sequence if the contestant also won the large prize. And was the first small price picked incorrectly if the contestant lost. This made the base price and the correctly picked items in the first two pairs impossible to win. Ultimately, the simplified goal of Trader Bob was to pick the more expensive of the three pairs of prizes. In this way, the game had the same goal as Give or Keep and Finish Line. However, these two games did allow the contestant uh, possibility of winning even one of the two selections wrong, depending on the prices used. Conversely, the game was the opposite of Hurdles, in which the contestant had to pick the lower price of the three pairs. Trader Bob's concept was also employed in Step Up. The only difference was that Step Up awarded contestants a cash prize if they picked a more expensive prize than the last, and that they could choose to quit and take their winnings. So, it's, it's kind of weird. It's kind of like a nice wooden shack kind of thing. Uh, so, oh, there's some history behind the scenes stuff. <clears throat> Trader Bob was created by producer Phil Wayne. The set was styled with like a log cabin housing a general store, with a large wooden barrel standing at the front, and set decorated with shelves and housing items often found at such a store. Smaller wooden barrels were wheeled out to display each small prize. Trader Bob was the second pricing game uh, bearing a tailor sequence to Bob Barker as host, and premiered within a week of Barker's Bargain Bar on April 22, 1980. This game is known as Trade Up in the 1980s UK version of the show. Uh, okay. Uh, also, the game and clearance sale was played 99 times before it was retired. The most number of times this game was played in any season was 28. Trader Bob's structure allowed no room for error. This resulted in a low win rate and played a large role in its eventual retirement. So, if you're wondering, why did this game fail? It's because it's picked the most expensive item between these items. And I, I've seen a few gameplays. I, I like watching the gameplay of this, but I could see why it got canceled. It's just picked the most expensive of these items. And it got me thinking, how could this work in a modern day scenario? Because you have games like Easy as 1, 2, 3, where it's picked the least and the most. And I think I tried to crack it. Because it, I think the way to do a revived version of a Trader Bob, first of all, you got to theme it like Trader Joe's, the supermarket chain with Hawaiian shirts, and you got to do it with the same double-digit prices. But this time around, you need to sort the double-digit prices from least to greatest, and you just have all five. You get all five items... And it becomes essentially like part pay the rent and then part uh, just just like a 
part part pay the rent and in part uh i guess you can say maybe like a step up so what happens is there's five of these double digit i mean like the blender uh the wrench the uh, drill set the skateboard whatever the basketball uh and you have to put these five items in order from least to greatest if you sort two items from least to greatest you get prize one and it's basically like a uh you get the first two then the next two and then the fifth and final is the grand prize if you can sort the first two uh and and get it right you get like a small prize and we we're talking like like a thousand dollar ish prize we're we like the home gym or maybe like a hand like the least like a very small tiny prize then you can risk that for the next two items. If those two are higher in order, uh, you get the next prize, a second tier prize. And that is also kind of like a smaller prize, but that's more on the like the $3,000, $4,000 area. And then you can decide if you want to stop or go all the way to the fifth and final prize and just one prize. And if that is higher then the other two double digit items then you win the grand prize which is like a trip like an eight thousand dollar trip so you can win the eight thousand dollar trip the three thousand dollar prize and the one thousand dollar prize and have about twelve thousand dollar prize package i i think that's the way to do it because if you screw up there's still the possibility of winning items but there's also the risk factor and it's the you can stop at any point so when there's the first two reveals, the first prize is always the starter one. That's the start to get to the next one to win the game. Basically, the easy way to get the first prize. But then when you get to that final two, that midpoint of the five, that's when you get to like a decision point where it's like, well, it's $40. It's $42. Do you want to risk it on this chainsaw? Is the chainsaw more than $42? That becomes the dilemma, and I think that's the way to do a revived version of Trader of Trader Bob or Trader Drew or what do you want to or just want to call it Trade Up because I think it needs to just be double digit items, maybe three digit items, who knows? But it, it needs to have that sort of you need to basically feel like well, if the basketball is twenty dollars. Is three items more than that, or is two items less than that? And it's that kind of sorting out that would make this an interesting game. Plus, there's already the rank from least to greatest in different games like Hole in One or Two, or in I guess I would say High Low, but not really High Low. And that is 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 kind of the interesting thing. And I think maybe that's the way to go about. It. You can revive this, but I don't know if doing the uh, pick the pair is the right way to go plus you can keep the barrels and have it like a cracker barrel aesthetic if you really want to do it like you could do the sprouts trader joe's look it's great uh next time on the pricing game spotlight we're going to take a look at the grand game yes it's that one the grand game Uh, I don't want to end on a sour note, but here it is time for a review. And 
I, I like I had a lot of fun this summer watching a lot of great game shows. I saw Holy Moly. I saw Spin the Wheel. I saw new card sharks. I saw a new press your luck. Lots of new games. And it got me remembering, oh wait, they're still hypnotize me on the list. When is that showing up? And a couple of weeks ago it, it debuted. And I just was like, oh, this is just not a good show. I have to review it. I have to watch it. And I'm thinking this is not going to be a good show. This is because the, the, the original Hypnotize Me is based off a UK game show called You're Back in the Room. You're Back in the Room kind of got canceled really early on. And then they decided, well, it was a success in the UK because of two episodes. Let's bring it to Fox. And then they recorded it. And they called it Hypnotize Me rather than You're Back in the Room. And it was basically shelved. Like they recorded the episodes and just never aired it while it was on Fox. While it was on Fox just collecting dust, CW decided to buy the rights to the show and the tapes to record it and make it a summer filler series. And with good reason that they shelved it because this show, and I'm not kidding, is like one of the worst game shows I've seen this year. I it, it's it's hard to explain why. Here's the premise: four people who are strangers and never met each other get hypnotized by a hypnotist. So if you're skeptical about hypnotism, this is already one of those. Oh, great! And considering this is the same network that gives us Penn and Teller fool us. It's kind of weird that the skeptical, you know, magicians would be next to the same channel as Here's Hypnotism. And it makes me wonder, like, when's the Penn Teller bullshit revival coming along after watching this? Because it's four strangers and they've never met each other and they have to work as a team to complete different games to win a top prize of $100,000. But standing in their way is a hypnotist who hypnotizes each of these contestants into doing bizarre, silly antics that will impede them on completing the challenge. That's the game. That's the show. So they complete like three or four different challenges. And then there's one fifth and final game that's played with all the money that they've accumulated. And it's, it, I don't know how to, it, 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 I think that's the format. It's like make pizzas and then, oh, one of them has to throw the pizzas into the audience. So, haha, you lose the money. And it's like, quite, it basically, it's, you know, like when you were like watching Hypnotist acts and it's like cluck like a chicken or bark like a dog or pretend you're Elvis. And then you see the guy and he, pretends he's elvis and it's 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 great if you're five i think it's great if you are like six and then you sit back and you go i don't think even if you don't think hypnotism is real this is it this is like really shit improv like this is really bad improv comedy this is like and this is the same arc that gives us whose line is it anyway if you love improv comedy, imagine someone's suggestion was Elvis Presley, and then you get some guy in like a flannel shirt 
who's never taken improv class in his life, let alone probably an acting class in his life, and just as a joke goes, thank you, thank you very much. And it's this really bad Elvis, like a thank you, thank you very much. And then he just shakes his head. And he's supposed to pretend he's Elvis for the entirety of the show. It's harmless. It's harmless to pretend you're Elvis because the game is simply like answering trivia questions in this round. So as you're answering trivia questions, uh, you get the joke question of like, uh, who sang Jailhouse Rock? And then you can go, it was me, Elvis. Thank you very much. <laughs> and then you're just like, oh, okay. This, that's that. And it's a, in a UK idea. I think the idea is supposed to be playing off things like the generation game, where it's the, to laugh at the failures of others in a different skill or talent. That's where the talent lies in, in your back in the room. It's because of the hypnosis. Well, they don't really give a shit because, you know, it's very low stakes there and they're just going to play it for laughs. Um, so they get to cluck like a chicken while uh, trying to do charades. Uh, it's it's the haha they can't do it right effect. And it doesn't really play well here in America. Uh, because the Generation game hasn't really had a mark here in the United States. So seeing this, which is basically the Generation game of Hypnosis, kind of sucked. And then when you see it here with Tay Diggs, and I'm trying to figure out Tay Diggs' role in this, and that's why I can't say he's a good host. He's... I bet he's great in acting, in comedy, in anything else. But when it came to hosting this, all he kind of does is almost true for consequence. Hey, what you're doing over here? And it's that sort of Jonathan Ross, which I think is also the host of your back in the room in the UK, that that I'm going to impede myself into it and inject myself into these bits. And it still doesn't work. And it, so if the host has nothing to do with the gameplay and the hypnotist has is basically trying to be the star in this and i still do not know the guy's name i bet that's kind of the idea is just let's get the hypnotist guy his own show it still doesn't work it it feel it falls flat on so many different areas in, in trivia, it doesn't work because it's the obvious answers, but you're still doing the jokes. In the physical challenges, it's the irony answers, but you're supposed to laugh, but the jokes are also falling flat. It It's really i i still can't i still can't say like how bad this show is i'm trying to figure out where's the positive in this and it took me two weeks to try and come up with something positive and i I, i'm still trying to figure it out because if you're skeptical of hypnotism this show's definitely not for you if you like hypnotism you want a hypnotist show it's still not really a hypnotist show it's kind of just improv comedy but bad and it's not and the idea is supposed to be if hypnosis was real these people are losing money so why would they lose money 
if if hypnotism if hypnotism is not real if 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 you believe what i'm doing is fake then why are these people losing thousands of dollars right and it's just like it doesn't matter it's a bad show it it they they can afford to lose money in this because hey guess what the idea is supposed to be that you can do more than the 12 or more than 10 or catch all these things and it just doesn't work you watch this and the first thing in my mind is standards and practices violations is this real or is this fake because if it's if if hypnotism is real then this could really be an impediment in the show two if this is a fake hypnotist show then this is not a good show at all because the challenges are very bad if the host really has nothing to do in this then there's no point either the soundtrack is boring. The set is just the... It looks like the set of, of Penn and Teller Fool Us, but it's not Penn and Teller Fool Us. You know, that LED, it's that LED screen background and then the black shiny floor. And that's it. And you just kind of go, oh, okay. And I like LED backlight. I like black shiny floor. That's modern game shows. But it still feels cheap. And it just gets me thinking... This was a Fox show. Fox was going to pick this up. This was going to be that big taboo show where you're going to hear Mark Thompson go, Coming up, it's the most controversial show out there. These strangers are under hypnosis, but if they want the money, they got to go through him. And it's just this like, you got to bark like a dog. Ah, ha, ha. Rough, rough, rough. Yeah, hey, that's funny. That's the show. That is the entirety of the show. It is one of the worst things I have seen this year. I, I don't know. I could see why they shelved it. I could see the mistake they made. It seems like what they did was someone at Fox went to someone at BBC, saw a recording, and picked it up on the spot, not knowing it was a flawed format. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, shit. Uh, well, we'll get to that soon. Uh, and then they decided, well, we can put Spin the Wheel on instead. Or The Mask Singer. Something that actually does have some sort of social media clout. Because this did not have anything. This was just... Ugh. The only positive I could say is, hey, these are strangers and they get to work together as a team to collect the money, which is great because, hey, there's not a lot of formats where it's strangers working as a team to collect a bank. Aside from maybe the chase, I can't think of any in recent game show world in America. So that's it. This show, do not even bother trying to find it. If it's, it, do not even bother finding on CW. If it comes on the CW, change the channel. I encourage you to change the channel. Watch something else. Go back to watch Arrow or Flash or Riverdale or one of the other CW shows. Because to me, when I think CW, I think teen. I think, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. And, I mean, it feels like they're also trying to go with, like, the Tumblr fandom audience, too, with, like, Who's Line. This does not have that fandom. 
And this show definitely is not for teenagers. So why is it here? It, I think CW needs to work on its audience. I don't know if they have a target audience anymore, but they need to fix it. And they need to fix it fast. Because uh, fall is coming up, and then they're going to have their their season, their, 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 their neck, their, their what is it, the winter the winter months, the mid-season formats, and then your Batwoman starts, and then next summer's going to hit, and you're like, well, what's going to be their next season, next season winter shows? And it's it's not here yet. When I when you think about it, it's just like there are better British formats you could have brought over if you were going for a teen thing. The Circle, uh, that one reality show that I believe Netflix picked up, that would have been perfect for CW. Uh, what what else would have worked? Uh, the Crystal Maze, even though that's on Nickelodeon, that would have worked. Uh, <laughs> if they're just flying the contestants out, hey, you could have fly out like five teenagers. That would have worked. Uh, what what else would have worked? Uh, you could have done a revival of Studio Seven. You could try your hand at uh, probably uh, another. What was that? Masters of Illusion. I like Masters of Illusion. That was a great magic uh, competition series. Something like that worked. Or because you are the superhero nerdy show. Why don't you try a geek-themed reality show or a geek-themed game show or quiz show? Something like that would be a little better than whatever the hell you paid for Hypnotize Me on the CW. <laughs> I give it an F. Because that's the lowest you can give in this grade scale of letter grades. An F. This fails. This is bad. And I, I just... Ah, it just pisses me off so much and i don't want to end this on a bad note i just it's rough i i need some cheering up if you want to, you know what would cheer me up if you would go to i uh apple Podcasts, give me a five-star review if you liked our four or three who cares leave a comment talk about the show i read it all the time what game shows you want me to talk about for future episodes i'm always looking forward to hearing from you uh if you want to follow me on twitter i'm at jordha j-o-r-d-h-a and if you want to listen to more episodes of this, uh, it's on jordanhaas.com slash podcast. Uh, it's just, ah, it's so rough. I, I I just, I want to see you next week. We'll see you next week where it'll be a much better game show talked about, I suppose. Until then, big smooch. Mwah! It's